0: Last week I was—we we did a big outreach in Shiprock, New Mexico, and we do it every year. I've done it, I think, every year since about well, not every year, but we've been doing it since 1989. We missed a few years, but it's where they have about 100,000 Navajo Indians come together for this big parade, rodeo, flea market, carnival, and we go out there and we just saturated with the gospel we pass out thousands of tracts and books and we have a booth out there and we give out you know the word of praise. it's like we do at the farm shows and the meter sticks and the yard sticks and how we minister at victory life church work through victory life church out there and so uh so i'm still on navajo time i asked the pastor last week when i was i was going to preach their, or actually i preached there last sunday morning and we had some other meetings there but i asked the pastor i said pastor so i said what time does your service start? And he said, well, it starts at 11. And then he goes, but you don't have to be there till 1115. Because, you know, it's Navajo time. So I asked Doug, I said, Doug, what time do I, you know, is your service start? And He said 10 o'clock. So, so I set my alarm for 1030 because I was still on Navajo time. So, (laughs) but uh, anyway, praise God. It's good to be back in Iowa. Hallelujah. Um, We've had some great farm shows here. We also do the FFA State Convention. God has really opened up some great doors for Fellowship of Christian Farmers. How many of you are familiar with Fellowship of Christian? I know, being in Iowa, I know a lot of you you have heard of us and seen us at the Farm Progress Show in Boone, Iowa, but I was, about six years ago, I was at the Farm Progress Show in Decatur, Illinois. You know, one year they have it in Boone, Iowa, then the next year they have it in Decatur, then the next year in Boone, Iowa. And, of course, my favorite's Boone, Iowa. You know, we stay at that camp out there, Hidden Acres, nice camp. And how I many of you been to Hidden Acres? But, uh, anyway, you can tell I'm an evangelist because I'm always asking, you know, wanting hands raised, you know. <laughs> I'm warming you up for an altar call. <laughs> but, uh, anyway, there's this big, you know, if you've ever been to the Farm Progress Show in Boone, you know, there's people from all over the world that go to that. People from South America and Europe and Mexico. It's a, it's a big, probably one of the biggest outdoor farm shows that there is. I think Louisville has the biggest indoor farm show. And so this big, good looking guy from Brazil comes into my tent and we have a, we have a tent, circle chairs. And so anyway, I, I start ministering to him and witnessing to him, the gospel using the wordless bracelet. And he acts like he knows no English. And he acts like he knows nothing about Christianity. And he just stumbling through and you know finally I get the part the sinner's prayer and we do have Portuguese tracks we in fact we have tracks from different uh, you know uh, nationalities and different languages and so anyway I get to the part of the salvation prayer the sinner's prayer so I asked him I said do you want to pray the sinner's prayer in Portuguese or English and he said Portuguese so I get go to the table and get the the Portuguese track and I said okay now pray that prayer And mean it with all your heart, of course. And so he prayed the prayer. And then all of a sudden, in perfect English, he goes, God is going to open up many doors for you. And he says, and you're going to have to rely upon his strength because you won't be able to do it in your strength and your power. You're going to have to rely upon his strength. And I'm like, wait a minute. You know, a few minutes ago, you didn't speak any English and you didn't know anything about Christianity. And now you're prophesying over me that God's going to open up many doors and. But that's exactly what happened with Fellowship of Christian Farmers. At that time, we had been doing the National FFA Convention for, for many, many years, and then they kicked us out. They went liberal, awoke, whatever you want to call it, and said that Christianity wasn't welcome there anymore. And I, I'm thinking we're going to get back in possibly this year, but we we're, we're out for, for a few years. But God, you know, you can't outdo God. God always turns things into good. Have you discovered that? God always turns things into good, so that's exactly what he did. What we started doing instead of the national convention is we started doing the FFA state conventions, which was even a lot better than the national convention. We started going coast to coast all the way from the state of Washington to the great state of Florida, sharing at FFA state conventions. You know, we've done the one here at Iowa State University uh, for, for several years now, and thousands of kids come to our booth And to hear the gospel message, thousands have prayed with us to receive Jesus. And I mean, these kids are looking for answers. You know, they're, I've had kids come up and say, you know, hey, I'm scared of all the things that are, that I see coming on the earth. And, uh, you know, I've been reading my Bible because I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And of course, they're not getting answers at school or they're not getting answers from anywhere else. But we give them the only answer, which comes from the Word of God. Amen. So we're seeing a hunger. We're seeing a receptivity, uh, you know, not just at FFA state conventions, but at farm shows. And We have a lot of people at farm shows, you know, come up to us and, and they'll say, boy, this, you know, pray for our nation. Our nation's in trouble. Our world's in trouble. And then we'll even have people say, well, I just want to go and go to heaven. I just want to just want to go to just, you know, I, I, I hate this world. It's just so much chaos and. You know, the perilous times, dangerous times, wars, rumors, of wars, earthquakes, pandemics, all the things that Jesus said would happen. They're just like, I want to get out of here. This is terrible. But you know what? That's a lie of the devil, because this is the most exciting time that you could ever be living in. The Apostle Paul and Peter, I know this is an old cliche, and I've, you know, used to say this, and but, but it's really true. The Apostle Paul and Peter would love to be living in our days, because this is a time of, of harvest, you know, Jesus said 2000 years ago, look on the fields. They're ripe, ready for harvest. Well, if they were ripe and ready for harvest 2000 years ago, it's easy picking now. And it really is. It's easy picking. It is really ripe uh, for harvest. So it's an exciting time to to, to be living. And you know, one of my favorite things that uh, that I, I claim from the word of God is the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And so every day, you know, the Christian life should be exciting and fun. It's, it's the most exciting life that there is. You know, I, I, I sometimes, you know, he's talking about me playing football. Sometimes I'll, once in a great while, well, I'll see one of the old, you know, players that I played with. And they'll go, you know, life is just kind of, you know, that was fun back then. You know, life's just boring now. And for me, it's the most exciting time ever. Way more exciting than football or anything that I ever did, you know, as a sinner. It's an exciting time. But I ask God, I say, God, or I, I claim this. I say, God, your word says that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I'm good through the blood of Jesus. And so my steps are ordered by you. So I'm always going to be at the right place at the right time saying the right things. And he does that every day. And it's an exciting, adventurous way to live because I'm always looking for those opportunities because I know, you know, in the Hebrew language, there's no such word for coincidence. So when I run into someone, maybe, you know, he just, I can give you just one or one or two examples, but I was flying to, we did a big, show up in toronto canada a big international show you know toronto is one of the most it is the most international city in the world so we were praying with chinese and japanese and filipinos and europeans and we were praying with people from all over the world to get saved you know the world jesus said to go into all the world but there the world's coming to you and uh so so anyway we had a great time up there but when i was flying to buffalo new york to go to toronto and this, this uh, doctor, she's an Indian doctor that lived in San Antonio, was sitting next to me. And I went, you know, I, I you know, just shared a few things with her, you know. And, and then, uh, and then she, you know, I started witnessing to her and sharing Christ with her. And she ended up praying to receive Christ into her life. And then I said, well, you live in San Antonio. I said, well, my wife and I, we work for Joyce Meyer Ministries. And she's getting ready to have her women's conference in San Antonio at the Alamo Dome you know, you need to go there. And I pulled it up on my phone and I showed it to her. I said, you know, look at these great speakers and singers. And, you know, it's coming up this Wednesday. My wife's going to fly down there, you know, with the team, the Joyce Meyer team and be a part of that. She speaks Spanish. us going to help them out. And so, uh, you know, she prayed right there to receive Jesus Christ in her life, right there on the airplane, just in front of, in front of everybody. You know, the, there was one day I, you know, I walk around up my block a lot just to get exercise and all of a sudden, there's, there's about five, six teenagers moving stuff out of a house, throwing it into a dumpster or putting it in a, a vehicle. And I'm thinking, you know what? This can't be coincidence. Again, you know, there's no word for coincidence in the Hebrew language. This can't be coincidence. I'm walking along, and all of a sudden, all these teenage boys, you know, and I'm used to praying with teenagers from the FFA State Convention. So here they are. So I just stop, and I just, you know. Start sharing with those guys. Start sharing the, the the good news, you know, that we've all sinned to come short of God's glory. The wages of sin is death, but whoever calls upon the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. That Jesus never sinned, but loved us so much. He took the punishment on the cross for all our sins and paid our sin debt in full, rose from the dead to bring man and God back together. And so you'll never get into heaven without Jesus. And plus, the Bible says the eyes of man are never satisfied. So there's nothing on this earth. That's one thing Mick Jagger got right, by the way. Remember, he's saying, I can't get no satisfaction. That's He got that from the book of Proverbs. You know, Proverbs said, (laughs) you didn't know Mick Jagger studied the Bible, did you? (laughs) I'm dating myself a little bit. You know, that was way back. But, uh, you know, I, I quote, hey, you know, the, the, I said you could have all the fame, the fortune, but the Bible says the eyes of man are never satisfied. So no matter how much fame and fortune you have, you're still going to be unfulfilled till you have an intimate relationship with Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, the way of the sinner's hard and the curse of the Lord is in the house of the wicked. As long as you're living apart from Christ, you know, you're living under that curse. And I'll tell them. Whether you live a blessed life or cursed life, it's not up to God. God said in Deuteronomy 28, I've set before you life and death, the blessing and the curse. Then he goes on to say, choose life. Then he goes on to say, if you obey the Lord your God, you'll be blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed coming in, blessed going out. Uh, Your basket and store will be blessed. Your seed will be blessed. I'll command my blessing upon your storehouses, down upon all that you set your hand unto. But if you disobey the Lord your God, you'll be cursed in the city, cursed in the field, cursed coming in, cursed going out. Two steps forward, three steps back, you know, I, I was there. But uh, anyway, long story short, I guess it was kind of a, <laughs> I didn't really make it short, but uh, long story anyway. But they, they all five of those boys right there prayed to receive Jesus. So then I went back to my house and got all my follow-up material and, and you know, just followed up on him and so on and ministered to him some more. And, uh, but I mean, this kind of thing happens on a daily basis for me, not because I'm something great but because God watches over his word to perform it in our lives. You know, something I tell people uh, when they get born again and saved, I said, you know, every prayer request you have from this point on, find a scripture to back it up because God doesn't watch over my opinion. He doesn't watch over your opinion, but it says he watches over his word to perform it in your life. So I said, you better find a scripture that you can stand on because faith begins where the will of God is known. You know, there's thousands of great and precious promises in the Bible that all belongs to us. But if you don't know that it's in there, then you can't claim it for yourself, believe it for yourself. It's kind of like if you had a $1,000 in the bank, but didn't know you had a $1,000 in the bank, it wouldn't do you any good. And so that's why you got to know what belongs to you in Christ Jesus. Amen. Praise God. And so he watches over his word to perform it in our lives. And so I just encourage you today, you know, Doug and I were talking before the service and Barna and I, th- this is hard for me to believe, but Barna did a study and they said that 95% of the Christians, born again, Christians never one time in their whole life shared Jesus with somebody. And, and Doug brought up a good point. He said, well, even if, you know, they're, even if it's just 50%, that's unacceptable. You know, that's, that, that's not, that's not right. And the devil has lied to people, And kept people from witnessing and sharing. He's robbed them of joy. Because, you know, when the 70 went out two and two, this is they came back with joy. Amen. Because, you know, the joy of the Lord is our strength. So we got to have joy to have strength to resist sin the devil, temptation. And one thing that brings us joy is sharing our faith. You know, a lot of times your flesh won't feel like doing it. Your flesh will fight you. The devil will fight you. But then when you end up doing it, then you're just like, oh, I'm so glad I did that. You know, especially if they get saved. It brings you joy and it brings you fulfillment. Amen. Anytime we do God's will, it's going to bring fulfillment, joy and peace. Amen. And that's really, that's the number one thing God wants from us. That's why he doesn't just beam us up to heaven after we get saved. He doesn't want anybody to perish. He don't want anybody to go to hell. He wants everybody to get saved. And so that's why we're still here to get people born again, to get people saved. I was just in California, Los Angeles, uh, helping Marm Rowe with this tent meeting And I went through Scott Hinkle Ministries, and, you know, they needed a lot of workers out there for this big tent meeting they had in Los Angeles. And something Mario Murillo brought up was that he said that America wouldn't be in such a mess if we hadn't got away from soul winning. He said the reason why America is in such a mess right now is because the church got away from soul winning. Amen. Because if people were saved, they wouldn't be voting so stupid. You know, if people, you know, if they were saved, they wouldn't be doing all the stupid stuff that's going on in our schools and our government. And and because the Holy Spirit brings enlightenment. Amen. The Bible says he who fears God understands all things. So if you walk in the fear of God, you understand how to vote. You understand, you know, what's right and wrong and, you know, what makes a country good. You know, the Bible says blessed is a nation whose God is the Lord. Amen. So we got to get back to soul winning. God hasn't commissioned angels to uh, you know, just so when he's commissioned us to so in and by the way that guy from Brazil, you know the Bible says be careful how you treat strangers You may be entertaining angels unaware. So Someday I don't know if uh, you know if he was uh, an angel or, or You know just a man led by the Holy Spirit either way it ministered to me and either way it came to pass. Amen Praise God But uh, and and you know Doug and I used to do a lot of street ministry and Doug he was bold as a lion, and he knew his authority in Christ. He knew his authority over the devil. So I learned a lot by ministering with him, witnessing with him on the streets. Because he was tough. I mean, I, I was just telling some stories last night. of How there, we were in Topeka, in a bad neighborhood in Topeka, and some guys, uh, they, uh, they they kind of started, uh, you know, giving us a tough, rough time. And boy, well, I mean, Doug just boy, he just shut him down. You know, his, his authority. You know, and and that by the way, that came in handy. For me, years down the road, you know, being mentored by someone like that, because, uh, you know, years down the road, they, Joyce Meyer, uh, they, they put me in charge of leading street teams out on the roughest streets in, in the nation, in North St. Louis, East St. Louis, even South St. Louis. Uh, for, for years and years and years, I would take teams of people who would come from Iowa, all over the nation, all over the world. On Friday nights, I would take them out on the streets and to minister. And uh, every every now and then, you know, we would run into, you know, some demon-possessed, crazy person. There's one night where uh, we were at a train station. People were getting on and off the trains and buses. And this this demon-possessed guy comes up to us. And we're handing out sandwiches that we got donated to us from Quick Trip. I don't know if you have Quick Trips here or not, but... Quick Trip donated some good sandwiches to us. I mean, they were a little bit on the edge, you know, a little bit, you know, getting almost, you know, uh, too old, you know. But just edible. If they ate it that night, you know, they were still good. <laughs> they couldn't save it for breakfast. but <laughs> So anyway, we we got their, you know, their day-old sandwiches. And so anyway, this, this demon-possessed guy, all of a sudden right in front of me, he starts throwing trash out of the trash bag, just throwing trash out, you know. And I'm like, oh, here we go, you know, (laughs) and I knew something's coming. I didn't know what was coming, but I knew, you know, all of a sudden he pulls that trash bag out of the trash can. He starts taking sandwiches and throws them in the bag. And I said, hey, wait a minute. I said, you can only have one sandwich. He said, I can have as many sandwiches as I want. I said, no, you can only have one sandwich. And I said, in the name of Jesus, devil, I bind you right now. In Jesus' name, I bind you. He says, there is no Jesus, just Allah. And I said, devil, you get out of here in Jesus' name. I bind you. You get out of here in Jesus' name. And he goes, I'm going to kill you. He goes, uh, excuse me. He goes, I'm going to kill you. So I'm going to kill you right here. He says, if I don't kill you right here, he says, I'm going to go to the Dream Center. And I'm going to kill you at the Dream Center. And I said, you can't kill me. I said, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. You can't kill me. I started quoting scriptures at him, swinging the sword of the spirit. You know, you, uh, I was saying, no, uh, you know, if God be for me, who could be against me? Whatever. You saw a lot of you know, protection scriptures. And he goes, I'm going to kill you. And uh, so he left. Well, he comes back with a knife. And he's walking back and forth with just murder in his eye. I mean, just, you know. And this is North St. Louis. This, and this was actually one of the worst neighborhoods, you know, that we were ministering in. This was a bad neighborhood. And he's walking back and forth murderers and I, and he's going, I'm going to kill you. And I said, in Jesus' name, I, you get out of here. And I just kept using the name of Jesus. You know, the Bible says the name of Jesus is a name above every name in heaven, earth, and under the earth. So, you know, I'm using the, the powerful name of Jesus Christ. And, and uh, I, I said, uh, you know, you get out of here in Jesus' name. And all of a sudden, he makes his move, and he puts that knife in the air, and then he starts grabbing the sandwiches, and he, and he throws them, you know, back in the in, in the trash bag. And I said, devil, I take authority over you. Get out in Jesus' name. And all of a sudden, and I, again, I don't know if this is an angel or a big black man. But all of a sudden, there's a big black man standing next to me. And this big black man, I'll ask God someday, was that a black man or was that a black angel? You know, but all of a sudden, this big black man standing next to me. And he goes, you leave these people alone. And so the guy left me alone and And he left and saw the security guard was way down, you know, at the other end. So I went down to, to, you know, big security guard. And I said, Hey, this guy right over here, he pulled a knife on me. And he said, Ah, he's just high. And I said, Well, look at all this trash all over the place. And he goes, He did that. He goes, Let me go talk to him then. So he, he didn't care about me getting a knife pulled on me, but he cared about the trash. (laughs) That made me feel real good, you know. And then, and then he, you know, a few minutes later, he comes back and he goes, he goes, Hey, uh, I got your sandwiches back. and they've been in that dirty trash bag. He goes, Hey, I got your sandwiches back. And he goes, Do you want them? I said, No, you, I don't want the sandwiches now. You know, they're in that dirty trash bag, you know. But, but, you know, our weapons are more powerful. You know, I was, I was watching the news the other night and they were talking about Israel and the United States and all our special forces and, you know, Israel's special forces and our special forces and how awesome they are and how they can go in and do this and this and this and this and thank god for all that and i believe every bit of that but our weapons are actually more powerful than their weapons i even had the st louis police tell me that one night I had another incident uh when I, when I go to central camp i preach at a church in great bend and this lady before the church she goes oh, she goes tell some stories that happened in st louis because i love hearing your stories, so i'll give you a couple you know the, here's one more that Uh, There was one night I was working security at St. Louis Dream Center, and I heard two gunshots right in front of the Dream Center, which that's not uncommon. You know, that's, you know, par for the course, normal, you know, unfortunately for North St. Louis, but it was real close. So we had our gates locked, so I walked around the fence to look to see what was going on. And all of a sudden, this guy comes running up to the fence. He says, They're trying to kill me. They're trying to kill me. Help me. Help me. They're trying to kill me. Help me. They're trying to kill me. And I said, Who's trying to kill you? I don't see anybody. I don't see anybody. And he goes, Right over there. They're trying to kill me. Help me. And I knew that someone was trying to kill him because I heard the gunshots right across the street. All of a sudden, this car pulls up about 80 miles an hour to the curb. And he goes, There they are. There they are. They're trying to kill me. Help me. They're trying to kill me. Help me. Help me. So he jumps over the fence because we had the gates locked. And he dove underneath the van, and then all of a sudden the guy with the gun jumps out of the car with the gun, and he uh, he jumps over the fence. So I'm standing between the gunman and the guy in the car. I have no weapon, no gun, nothing. All I have is the name of Jesus, but that's all I need. I said, in the name of Jesus, devil, I bind you in Jesus' name. I bind you. I bind you in Jesus' name. And I'm not kidding. you. He froze in the air with the gun in the air like he just froze. And then the uh, other security guard, he had been down the youth room uh, playing pool, and he didn't know what was going on. He just heard noise, he heard a lot of noise. So he comes naively walking up the stairs, you know, and he just walks, walks right up to the guy with the gun, you know, and so, and so that's when I made my move. And so we grabbed him, we slammed him to the ground. Now this was 2006, so I don't know if I could do that today or not. <laughs> but, uh, you know, slammed him to the ground. We got the gun and I saw the car that he had jumped out of was going around the block. I saw it through the breezeway at the dream center. And I said, we got to get inside because his, gangs drive around the block and they're not going to be too happy about this. So, so we get them inside and, uh, the police show up the same, those police show up, and, you know, they're, they're tough guys, good guys, you know, and, and I don't even think this policeman would say, but this policeman told me, he said, you know what? He said, your weapons are more powerful than our weapons. He said, you got a guy with a gun. You don't even have a gun. He said, we got guns, bulletproof vests and this and that. He says, but you got the Holy spirit. You got the word of God. You got the name of Jesus. He said, your weapons are more powerful than our weapons. Amen. Praise God. And, and, you know, this day and age that we're living in, we need to learn and to know our authority in Christ. Amen. Because we are in perilous times, dangerous times. Uh, you know, I heard someone from Israel say, boy, if we would have just had your second amendment, this, some of this wouldn't have happened. And thank God for the second amendment. But we got the word of God, the name of Jesus, that's even more powerful than the Second Amendment. Amen. Praise God. So, you know, we need to get back to soul winning. You know, uh, the Bible talks about the uh, men that got the talents. the The one man got 10 talents. This is a parable of Jesus. The one man got 10 talents. He took his 10 talents, was faithful with his 10 talents. So he got 10 more talents Then the one man second man got five talents, and he was faithful with his five talents, so he got five more talents, and then the the third man got one talent, and he buried his talent, he wasn't faithful with his talent, he buried his talent, and this is where a lot of the body of Christ is today, you know, we just quoted that, you know, 95%, but he buried his talent, he said he was afraid, he was fearful, and that's why he buried his talent. His talent because of fear. And that's why a lot of people don't sow in. That's why I didn't sow in, you know, way back when I first got saved. I mean, I did. But, uh, you know, I was going to a church in central Kansas. And we started going door to door, knocking on doors in these little towns around Great Bend. And uh, I, I remember when I first started, I, I, I was fearful and just kind of hoped and prayed that they wouldn't come to the door. you know. And uh, so what I started doing to get to get over my fear as I started quoting scriptures, God has not given me the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And the wicked flee when no man pursue it, but the righteous are bold as a lion. So I'm bold as a lion. And... Uh, God blesses the righteous and surrounds the righteous with favors with the shield. So, so I have favor with these people when they come to the door, they're going to love and like me and I'm going to love and like them. You know, i I went to Marilyn Hickey's Bible school many years ago from 82 to 84 and Marilyn Hickey, she started going to Muslim nations and they told her, they said, if you go to Muslim nations, they won't come to your meetings because number one, you're a woman, number two, you're a preacher, number three, you're a Christian. So they won't come to your meetings. And so she said, No, I have favor with the Muslims. I'm surrounded with favors with the shield on the side of the Muslims. They love and like me, and I love and like them. And that's what she believed, that's what she confessed, that's what she claimed, and that's what she got. They came to her meetings by the thousands, got saved, born again, delivered, healed, you know, because that's what she believed. Amen. And that's kind of what I want to talk about, you know, today. Uh, you know, in Isaiah 53, verses 1, 4, and 5. Isaiah 53, It says here, who has believed our report? Who has believed our report to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? And it goes on to talk about how he took our infirmities, bore our sicknesses, chastisement or peace was upon him. By his stripes, we are healed. And so Jesus has already paid it all. You know, in fact, back to that story, you know, as far as when, you know, he said, you got to rely upon the Lord's strength. Well, I started doing farm shows and i would get exhausted. I mean, i would feel it in my organs, i'd feel it in my body. I just feel exhausted. I said, "God, now you said to do it in your own strength. How do i tap into your strength?" And God spoke to me says it says in Psalms 29 that he get, the Lord gives strength unto his people. The Lord and then Isaiah 40 says that the Lord gives power to the faint, to them that have no might, he increases strength. That they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. And so God says, I've already given you the strength. He says, but you got to receive it. And so every day I started going, okay, God, you said in Psalm 29, verse 11, you give strength unto your people. You give power to the faint. To them that have no might, you increase the strength. So I receive your strength into my heart. I receive your strength into my kidneys. I receive your strength into my liver. I receive your strength into my legs. I receive your strength into my arms. I receive your power, your increased strength. I receive it into every cell, bone, muscle, fiber, tissue, every organ in my body. I receive it. And because I wait upon you, you renew my strength. And guess what? After confessing that, day after day after day, all of a sudden, boy, I felt like I could do those farm shows and the, all day long, I just, just, I super, natural strength i felt it it manifested amen because god's word always works amen praise god so the bible says jesus has already blessed us already with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places by his stripes you were healed past tense he's already redeemed you from the curse of the law past tense he already took your infirmities your sicknesses your sins he already did it past tense but we got to receive it's up to us to receive it amen amen praise God, and to even know what's, what's in here that, so we can receive it, praise God. So he said, who has believed our report? So the power of God will not work for us until we believe the report, God's report, amen. Once we believe the word of God, once we believe his report, then it'll work for us, amen. Then we'll receive his power, his strength, his healing. But we got, we got to believe the report and the way we believe, you know, faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. So as we read the word of God, you know, we grow in our faith. Our faith gets stronger and stronger. Jesus put it this way in Matthew 13, verses 24 through 26. says, another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, there appeared tares or weeds also. And so, you know, I work for Joyce Meyer, my wife and I work for Joyce Meyer. You know, one of her classic books is Battlefield of the Mind. That's one of her classic books. And the reason why there's such a battle in our mind is because there's a battle for our heart. And see, you know, Jesus said in Mark chapter four, he said, the word of God is a seed. He says, it works like a seed. This is a bag of seed you're looking at right now. This Bible is a bag of seed. And so Jesus says, you know, your heart is the ground or the garden. And so you got to sow that seed, you know, whatever it may be. You know, God always causes me to triumph in Christ Jesus. You're sowing a seed that you're going to triumph in Christ. You know, God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but a power, love and a sound mind. I'm sowing a seed in my heart that I'm going to be bold and I'm not going to be afraid uh you know by his stripes i'm here i'm sowing that seed into my heart and you know you can't just you know look at it one time and you know boom you know you got to you know meditate bible says meditate the word day and night speak the word day and night do the word day and night then you'll be prosperous and have good success but notice it said day and night you know day and night you know psalms one says delight in the lord the law of the lord meditate it day and night then you'll be prosperous. You know, you'll be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth fruit in a season. Your leaf shall not wither and whatsoever you do, it shall prosper. So it's a, it's a day and night thing. And, uh, you know, I, I just have been in a lot of, uh, airports recently we've been doing a lot of traveling. You know, we, you know, just all over. So one, one thing all the airports have in common is that, uh, everybody in the airport is looking at their phone, looking at their phone, looking at their phone, looking at the phone. I need to turn this one off in case someone tries to call me. <laughs> but they're all looking at the phone and i heard a statistic and again you know i don't know how true this is but they said that when the average person dies the average person will have looked at his phone six over six years six years just just looking at the phone and and some people it's even more than six years i can tell you that right now <laughs> i know some people it's gonna be more like 20 years you know <laughs> but uh but you know The Bible says, in fact, let me me read to you Numbers 21, verses 6, 8 through 9. And this, you know, the Old Testament is is written for our example to learn from the Old Testament. And and this definitely falls in that category. In Numbers chapter 21, it says, The Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that everyone that is bitten when he looks upon it shall live. And Moses made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that a serpent had bitten it and that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. So what it's saying is, you know, that brazen serpent that, that, you know, that he put on a pole, that's a type of Christ, type of the atonement of Christ. That when you look upon, if you get bit by a serpent and you look upon that brass serpent, You'll live and not die. So in other words, what we look at, what we behold is very important. In fact, the word look there means continuous present tense, continuous, not just a glance, but a looking and a looking with expectancy, being occupied with that. Kind of like Abraham and Sarah, you know, it says they didn't consider their, their body, you know, being too old to have a child. They didn't consider their old age, but it says that their faith waxed strong because they considered the promise of God. They looked at the promise of God. They kept their eyes on the promise of God, not on their bodies. They were too old to have a child. And so it's so important that we behold and look at the word of God, behold the word of God. Keep it before our eyes. And by the way, I do look at my phone a lot, but you know, a lot of times it's uh, looking at scriptures. I'll be standing in line at the bank or something. So I'll just put on, you know, some scriptures and meditate on the scriptures while I'm waiting in line, redeeming the time because the days are evil. I, you know, I don't like to waste time. And so uh, what better thing can we do than, than, you know, look at the word of God? I, mean, I heard even Joyce Meyer say this, you know, she said that, you know, time you spend just meditating on the word and in the word, she goes, you're not wasting time. And so the best way we can spend our time, you know, is just meditating in the Word, looking at the Word, beholding the Word of God. And that's what I had to do when I first started evangelizing. I had to, you know, over and over again, not just once or twice, but over and over again. Before we'd go out, God has not given me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. I mean, when I went to Bible school, I was even scared to pray in front of the class. It asked me to pray in front of the class, and and I, I was scared to do that. But over and over again, God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but a power, love, and a sound mind. See, back to the scripture where Jesus said, you know, the, there's a... While men slept, the enemy came in and sowed tares or weeds. Uh, see, there's a, there's a battle for a mind where God wants to sow the word of God into your heart. But the devil, he wants to sow fear, insecurity... Uh, poverty, lack, failure, sickness, disease, death, the curse. The devil's wanting to sow that into your heart. So there's a battle going on all the time. The devil's trying to paint a bad picture, uh, of things of defeat, of failure, of fear, of insecurity, of anxiety, of worry. Night and day. You know, the devil's relentless. I will say that. He is relentless. And he's relentlessly trying to sow those tares, sow those weeds in the middle of what God's trying to do in your life. So it comes down to casting down the devil's lies, casting down vain imaginations, everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of Christ, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Amen. And because we don't want weeds or tares or insecurities or fear being sowed in our hearts or sickness or disease or death, whatever it may be. That's why it's so important to fight that good fight of faith, to cast down those vain imaginations, to win that battlefield that goes on in the mind like Joyce Meyer has written so good about it in, in her books. Amen. And so we'll see another example of, of this in, in the book of Judges. Chapter 6 says, uh, verse 11, There came an angel of the Lord that sat under an oak, which was an oprah, that pertained unto Joash and the Abirite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said unto him, The Lord is with thee, thy, thou mighty man of valor. <laughs> and so uh, that's that's what you call a good, you know, positive uh, confession that God, you know, He looks at you. He doesn't see a, a wimpy Christian, someone that can't witness, someone that can't share their faith. He sees a mighty woman of valor, mighty man of valor, and that's what he speaks over you. That's what he believes for you, but Gideon was listening to the devil. He was listening to the wrong report. You know, it comes down, whose report are you going to believe? Whose report are you going to listen to? Gideon was listening to the wrong voices, the wrong report. You know, we always have a choice. Are we going to listen to man's report, the devil's report, or God's report? So we got to, you know, believe God's report, listen to his report, what he says about us. Amen. But Gideon said unto him, Oh, my Lord, if the Lord be with us, and why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles, which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up? This is my wimpy voice here. Did "Did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us, and he's delivered us into the hand of the Midianites. You know, it's all lies of the devil that he should have cast down. He should have been meditating on the word, believing God's report and not the devil's report. And then verse 15, you know, the Lord didn't say, oh, poor Gideon, you know, uh, <laughs> I, I understand Gideon what you're going through, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, you'll get better someday in the sweet by and by when you get to heaven, it'll be worth it all. No, he didn't say that. He said unto him, oh, my Lord, uh, or excuse me, said, um, uh, verse 14 and the Lord looked upon him and said, go in this thy might. From the hand of the Midianites, have not I sent thee? You know, if God sends us, he's going to protect us. He's going to provide for us. Amen. He's going to watch over us. Praise God. I mean, there's there's been many times out on the streets where one time a guy put his fist up to my nose. And when he did that, I felt a wind blow by my face. And the, his hand came down when I felt that wind blow by my face. You know, there's... Terry Mize, who wrote the book More Than Conquers, you know, he—he he was uh, he's one of my mentors that I still, to this day, he came to our Bible school years ago, but I, to this day, I'll still, you know, watch his podcast and so on. And he picked up a hitchhiker way back, uh, I think 60s or 70s, hitchhiker in Mexico. And he said, I didn't really feel that of the Holy Spirit. I just saw a guy that needed Jesus. So I picked him up and started witnessing to him. And he said, all of a sudden, he put a gun right on my ribs and said, give me, he just came back from a meeting, a church meeting. And he had his offering, and so he put that gun right at his ribs and said, give me that offering right now. Give me all this equipment, sound equipment, all this. And and Terry Mize immediately started quoting scripture, says, no, this is God's money. You can't have it. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And this is a, he tells a story, takes him a half hour to tell the story. But he just, you know, started quoting scriptures in Spanish, in English. You know, no weapon formed against me shall prosper. And you can't kill me, I'm a man of God, and you can't kill me, you won't kill me. And this went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And finally the guy, long story short, finally the guy six times shot point blank at Terry Mize, and he said all six bullets went between his feet. And uh, he he, he said that uh, to this day he'll go to Muslim nations and Hindu nations, and they'll say, we're going to kill you. And he says, no, you can't kill me because no weapon formed against me shall prosper, and God's word always works, and you can't kill me. And he said he'll have whole militaries and armies of a 100,000 after him wanting to kill him, and they can't kill him because the word of God always works. Amen. God protects his His people. And so it goes on to, you know, the safest place to be is in God's will. You know, if, I, you know, if you're in East St. Louis, Illinois, there's an area in East St. Louis that seven miles of that is supposed to be the most dangerous seven miles in the United States. In fact, I sat by a guy at... Uh, the tent meeting in Los Angeles a few weeks ago from East St. Louis. And, and he said, you know, he goes, Compton and Watts out here has nothing on East St. Louis. You know, so, uh, uh, you know, we, we ran into some hostility out there. But, it, you know, we were safer there than anywhere else because we're in God's will. Amen. But the Lord looked upon him and said, go in this thy might from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And if God be for thee, who can be against thee? And he said unto him, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. That doesn't sound like defeat to me. That doesn't sound like something he should be fearing. Amen. Because God always calls us to triumph in Christ Jesus. He gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. goes on to say here, and the Lord said unto him, Peace be unto thee. Fear not, thou shalt not die. Amen. So again, there's a battle. The devil's trying to plant weeds, tears, bad seed in you to get bad things to manifest in your life. Cast those things down. Plant good seed. Amen. And you know, it's so important to, to meditate in the word. Because Jesus said the seed in, in the book of Luke, he said the seed didn't grow because it lacked moisture. And so the way we get moisture on that seed that we plant in us, God's not giving me a spirit of fear, is by thinking it, meditating on it, believing it, speaking it. That gives it moisture to where it's going to grow, first the blade, then the ear, then the full corn. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. And then I'll close with this uh, in, in Numbers chapter 13. You know, we got to fall in love with the Word of God because the Word of God will give us victory in every area of our lives. And, uh, you know, David, I, I love reading those Psalms 119. I encourage you to read all of Psalm 119, but I'll read just a few scriptures from Psalms 119, where David talks about how wonderful the Word of God is. You know, last week at the Shiprock Fair, we were, you know, there's a big, huge parade line, literally about 100,000 Navajo lining the streets. They start lining the streets at Friday night, and the parade doesn't start till Saturday morning. And so we walk down the parade line passing out tracks. And, you know, it's the word of God that we're passing out. But yet, they're, they're throwing candy off the floats. People are diving, you know, for, for the candy. You know, they're just, you know, fighting for the candy. And then a lot of them, when we'd hand them the word of God, I don't want that. I don't want the word of God. You know, but I want this candy, you know. And, uh, they'd even say, well, what is this money? You know, kind of joking. Is this money? I said, no, it's better than money. Amen. And, uh, and, and it is better than money. You know, David said in Psalms 119, verse 72, he says, the law of thy mouth is better, is better than thousands of gold and silver. You know, like I said, you know, this is a bag of seed that if we will plant it in our hearts, uh, it will grow. If we believe it, meditate on it, speak it, it will grow and our lives will never be the same. It will transform us. It will renew our mind. Amen. When I first got born again, say radically saved, I started getting into the word of God and, all of a sudden, for the first time, I could understand it because I had the Holy Spirit in me. And it was just jumping off the pages. And I could feel it, literally feel it just transforming me and changing me drastically. You know, when I first discovered that how much I'd been changed by the Word of God, was uh, I was going to Maryland Hickey Bible College in Denver, Colorado. And I had a couple of friends that I played with at Dodge City Junior College who were playing for Bill McCartney at Colorado University. So I drove over to uh, Colorado University Football Stadium and to watch these guys play UCLA, Colorado, UCLA, 1982. I think it was Bill McCartney's first year. And, um, uh, I remember, you know, I'd gone to football games my whole life, but I remember it was just like a bombshell. It was a shell shock. How crazy everybody was acting. I, I'm like, man, I've gone to football games my whole life. And I've never noticed how crazy people act. Was, you know, this is, this is really bad. You know, I found out later that Colorado is one of the worst, you know, but it was bad. And, and, uh, but I had sat under the anointing, under the Word of God at Maryland Hickey Bible College for a month. And that's all I'd done, you know, just sat under the Word, sat into the Word, go home, you know, put in cassette tapes, listen to more Word, you know, more read, you know, just constantly in the Word for a whole month. And then I took a day off, you know, from the Word, went to that football game. It's like, whoa, you know, I never – but God showed me through that how much the Word of God, the anointing, had transformed me and changed me because I had never, never, never – Notice how people acted at football games until that moment. Amen. And so the word of God is alive, powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword. You know, we have one crazy guy that works for us at farm shows. Every now and then he'll throw the Bible on the ground and he'll start running around going, it's alive, it's alive, it's alive. You know, trying to get people's attention, trying to get them to realize that this is spirit and life, that it'll change us, it'll transform us. Amen. Praise God. But in Numbers chapter 13 Well, let me finish reading those Psalms 119. David said in 103, he said, How sweet are thy words unto my taste, yea, sweeter than honey to my mouth. He said, uh, I rejoice at thy word as one that finds great spoil. This is great spoil. We just need to fall in love with the word of God, with the Bible. You know, it says in Proverbs chapter 4, he says, My son, attend to my phone. No, he doesn't say that. It says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thine ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart. For they are life unto those that find them in health, healing. Hebrew in the Hebrew it's medicine to all your flesh. And it doesn't just say healing scriptures is medicine to all your flesh or health to all your flesh. It says the whole scripture, the word of God, these words are health, healing, medicine to all. Your flesh, but he noticed. He said, "Attend to my words and climb thine ear into my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine heart, for they are life unto those that find them. Help to all their flesh." And that's why David said, "I rejoice at thy word as one that findeth great spoil." Praise God. But let me close with Numbers 13, and this is just a great example of whose report are you going to believe? Numbers 13. Uh, The Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Send thou men, that they may search the land of Canaan, which I give unto the children of Israel, of every tribe of their fathers, shall ye send a man, every one a ruler among them. Skip over to verse 17. And Moses sent them to spy out the land of Canaan and said unto them, Get you up this way southward and go up into the mountain and see the land, what it is, and the people that dwell therein. Whether they be strong or weak, few or many, and what the land is that they dwell in, whether it be good or bad, and what cities they dwell in, whether they in tents or strongholds, and what the land is, whether it be fat or lean, whether there be wood therein or not, and be of good courage and bring the fruit of the land. Now the time was, was the time of the first ripe grapes. So they went up and searched the land from the wilderness of Zen of Rahab, to the men of Hamath, and then skip on over to verse 25. And they returned from searching of the land after 40 days, and they went and came to Moses and, and to Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel unto the wilderness of Paran to Kadesh and brought back word unto them and all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him, they said... We came into the land whether thou sentest us, and surely it flowed with milk and honey. And this is the fruit of it. Nevertheless, we googled, uh, we googled it, and, and, and the people be strong. You know, I, I know some people that you know, as soon as they, they get a report from the doctor, they, they go Google instead of going to the Word. You know what the Word says about it. They, they go to, they go, what, is, what does Google say about it? You know. So, but I mean, you know, you can get good information on Google and so on. But you know, always put the Word first. Amen. Nevertheless, the people be strong that dwell in the land and the cities are walled and very great. And moreover, we saw the children of Anak there and the Amalekites, and the dwell in the land of the south and the Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites dwell in the mountains and the Canaanites dwell by the sea, by the coast of Jordan. Caleb stilled the people before Moses said, let us go up at once. Now he's listened to the good report, God's report. He's listened to the word of God. He's got his eyes on the word. And Caleb still the people before Moses said, let us go up at once and possess it for we are well able to overcome it. You know, you look at our nation today, and it's easy to think there's no hope for our nation. A lot of people tell me that at farm shows. They'll say there's just no hope. You know, our nation's done. You know, I was out in California for the tent meetings, Mario Murillo tent meetings, and Mario, he says that he believes, you know, California, a lot of people are saying California is just going to fall into the sea and be judged. And this and that. he says, I still believe it's going to be saved. I still believe it's going to be flip, you know, and conservatism and and Christianity and awakening and revival. And th- that's the way we got to be. We got to be like uh, Caleb here. And we need to say, you know, America shall be saved. Iowa shall be saved. Knoxville shall be saved. Amen. There's still hope because God is greater than the devil. Amen. Where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. You know, where it's the darkest. One, one reason why Scott Hinkle takes teams down to Mardi Gras Every year, by the way, that started from an Iowa farmer going down there and praying over the French quarters and through his prayers. You know, there's thousands of Christians down at Mardi Gras. I've been down there about eight times ministering. But he likes going down there because he says light shines brightest when it's darkest. And, you know, the Bible says in the last days there'll be gross darkness upon the earth. And we see that gross darkness. But it also says arise, shine, your lights come. The glory of the Lord is risen. So we're going to see the glory of God. Stronger than we've ever seen. The greatest harvest we've ever seen. Amen. But how many of you know, you know, being from Iowa, that if you want a great harvest, what, what do you got to do? You got to plant a lot of seed. You got to minister, witness to people so you can have a big harvest. Everywhere we go, we should be planting seed, giving out traction. And they say that 60% of the people that get saved, get saved by reading a track or a book. That the average track passes through seven different hands. So you give a track to one person, you're giving a track to seven people. Amen. You know, they say only 90 or uh, only 10% of the people that get saved get saved inside the four walls of a church. Only 10%. So if we want this nation we we're, we're going to have to go outside the four walls. And by the way, you're welcome to come help us at these farm shows around here. Uh, you're, you're, you're more than welcome to help us. Praise God. Plenty of opportunity just, just working with us, Fellowship of Christian Farmers. And you've helped us in the past, uh, but you're, you're welcome to help us in the future. But anyway, let's let's finish up here uh, in Numbers thirteen. The men went up, or Caleb still. The people before Moses said, "Let us go up at once and possess it, for we are well able to overcome it." But the man that went up with him said, "We be not able to go up against this people, for they are stronger than we." And that's a lot of people in America saying, "America's done. You know, there's no hope. We, you know, the the evils prevailing, evils winning, but evil never prevails. Evil never wins. Amen. We always win in the end. Amen." And they brought up an evil report. So any report that's not of God, that's not of the word, it's an evil report. And they brought up an evil report of the land which they had searched into the children of Israel, saying, The land through which we have gone to search it is a land that eateth up the inhabitants thereof. And all the people that we saw in it are men of great stature. And there we saw the giants, the sons of Anak, which come of the giants. And we were in our own sight as grasshoppers, so, we were in their sight. So, again, they were listening to what the devil was telling them, not what God was telling them. What the devil tells you will bring unbelief, and unbelief is evil. Amen. Uh, Bible says whatever's not a faith is sin. So, that's why it's so important that we believe the right report, the good report, because if we're not believing God's report, according to that scripture I just quoted, that it's sin. You know, to believe the evil report and not believe God's word. It's so funny to me that The Bible says that it's impossible for God to lie. You know, I'll tell people at farm shows, you know, the kids and so on. There's one thing God can't do, creator of the universe. One thing he can't do, the Bible says. Can you guess what that is? And they usually can't guess it. But I said, there's one thing God can't do. The Bible says he cannot lie. But the Bible also says that there's no truth in the devil. But who do people believe most of the time, a lot of the times? Instead of believing God who cannot lie, they believe the devil, who cannot tell the truth, amen, because they're walking by sight, not by faith, we've got to walk by faith, not by what we can see, feel, taste, touch, not what the circumstances look like, yeah, it looks pretty dark out there in our nation, but we got to, you know, look at what God has to say about it, that he's going to pour out his spirit upon all flesh, the former rain, the latter rain. we're going to get a, I mean, we are going to get dumped on with the glory of God, amen.